Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, we got another win to talk about. Two consecutive wins in the league start the season with six points. A fantastic start for Veliko Panovic. It was a scrappy one. Let's not say it was as beautiful as it was against Derby County, but it really wasn't. But to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Ben Morley. Hi, Ben. How are you? Afternoon. Very well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Another three points. We're all good, aren't we? I've also been joined joined by Neil Rees, back on the podcast after quite a long hiatus for various reasons. How are you, Neil? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, waving doesn't work, Neil. That's kind of... It was a salute, Paul. It was a salute. (laughs) Yeah, it's very much an audio thing we got here. It's um, uh, So, let's talk about that first half. But first of all, the only change that we saw coming into the match was Yadam leaving the squad today because of injury. And it sounds like from Panovic after the game, it's a bit of a severe one. So that is not good news, is it, Ben? It's not, no. I mean, he, he's obviously a key player. And um, I think we felt his absence last season at points. Um, I haven't necessarily been convinced on Arun, Arun on the bits I've seen of him in the past. Uh, that said, I thought he was put under a lot of pressure in the first half and I thought he stood up to it quite well. Um, I thought a lot of their attacks came down the left. I'm, I'm not sure if they were targeting him. When I looked at some of Barnsley's previous data, they certainly do like to play wide and quite frequently down the left. Um, but I think he held his own as part of a pretty solid defensive effort um, against an impressive, uh, impressive Barnsley in the first half. Let's, let's be honest about that up front. Yeah, no, I totally agree. There was a lot of pressure put on by Barnsley. They're going to come on to that in a bit because I agree. They were definitely the more impressive team in the first half overall. But there was an incident very near the beginning of the match where when you look back now, we have the advantage of not being in the matches. I mean, that's a weird thing to say. But in this context, I would obviously rather be there. You can see that John Swift was clearly onside from a pass there, from Elise, I think it was. And we don't know whether he would have scored or passed it to Jao or at least say he was next to him. But Neil, that was a pretty shocking decision there by the referee, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even even the commentary team said at, at, at real time speed without looking at any replays that he looked to be on side. And when you looked at the replay that we eventually saw, it was like, yeah, he's he's a good yard or so inside, and Swift isn't that quick to deceive the linesman usually. So, yeah, that was a tough one. You yeah, think you kind of get that one right with no pressure on the crowd behind you or anything like that? Uh, it did seem to be a bit of a glare to to miss. And as you say, whether Swift could have controlled the ball and passed it, he would have he would have probably had a shot himself. Is another matter. But 
yeah, you, you kind of thought that was that was a mistake that could have cost us the way that Barnsley had uh, had started against us. But let's not dress up the first half. It was mainly Barnsley, wasn't it, Ben? Their pressing was really impressive. And their just whole round play wasn't just press, mm. press, press, poor control. It was far more than that. I think they're going to be fine this season. Yeah, so I so actually uh, did a little bit of reading and, and uh, fired off a few tweets this morning. I think there's uh, perhaps a misconception when it comes to Barnsley. I think the general perception is they're this yo-yo club. You put them in the same bracket, perhaps, as the likes of Rotherham. Uh, you know, they, they go down and they go straight back up from League One. So um, I think the perception is that Barnsley, this team that aren't great, um, I think they stayed up on the last day. Um, they were quite unlucky to have been in that situation. You know, if we take their, their form post-lockdown, they, they rescued seven-point deficit, you know. They won away at Leeds. They won away at Brentford. This is a team who can do a job, um, quite frankly, especially away. Some of their results were also mixed. You know, they, they had some bad losses in there too. Um, I think one of them was to us. And, and I don't think we played great in a 2-0 win last year against them. But, you know, deja vu perhaps. So, yeah, so I think my, my prior was that, hang on a minute, guys, like Barnsley are a good team. I, I, I almost thought this was a good match to have with no crowd. Because if we had gone 1-0 down to Barnsley, this relegation candidate, you know, the boos come in, the, the bit of discontent amongst the fans. So a good, a good game at first to, uh, to be playing in, in closed doors. And uh, yeah, I mean, things fell our way that they were even more impressive than I was expecting. You know, you mentioned they were good on the ball. The pressing wasn't a surprise to anyone. They're a young team. They're a fit team, the youngest in the league by a long way. Uh, they've grown a year older. They've had a preseason to really define that, that pressing from, from an, excellent, an excellent manager who's uh, finding his feet. Um, and I was really surprised that actually on the ball, they were more creative. So it wasn't just that counter pressing. It was also building. Uh, and they put us under a lot of threat. I, I think our centre-backs held up and I've already mentioned Aruna did a good job. Um, I think uh, I think Richards did a very, very good job at left-back as well. You know, he, yeah. he's having a great season, two games, but he's having a great season so far. And, and that's a really positive development. But yeah, overall, Barnsley, really impressed by the first half, if I'm honest. Yeah, totally. I, I, I... I'm going to put this out there just because it, you know, I rarely get these strings right. I actually said they'd be my surprise team of the season. I'm not expecting to get top six or anything, but I think they'd be mid-table fine. And for them, that's a complete success and no reason why it shouldn't be. There's, yeah. there's no embarrassment in that for them. But if Neil, I could just add one, one more yeah, point on. there, actually, um, I thought it was very telling that if you look at, I don't know if you listen to Not the Top 20, I know obviously they're another podcast that we have probably share a similar audience here. Um, they they are, are pushing a spread betting company. It's one of their sponsors this year. If you look at the spreads and what they imply, uh, the probability is that Barnsley will finish above us preseason. That was the expectation. I think it was one or two points worth one or two places, so not much. But this is not a team that the bookies feel are a lot worse than us. Mm. Thanks. Um, maybe... I would say Barnsley gave a lot of energy in that first half. How it would have panned out with 11 men still on the pitch, we never know. Uh, there was a good save, though, Neil, wasn't there, from uh, Raphael in the first yeah, half? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It, the way that kind of looked on my kind of choppy vision that I had about it, I thought, oh, crap, this is in. Um, but then when I saw the replay, it was a damn good save, and that really did keep us in it. If we'd got a goal down to, to that kind of pressing, uh, I mean, Barnsley could have dropped off if they did score and, and made it difficult for us in different ways. But uh, yeah, that, that was key to keep that one out. Um, we didn't really kind of bounce from that in a way and kind of go, you know, we could be in a bit of trouble if we, if we don't start to retain the ball better. Um, but, but that didn't happen either. Barnsley kept on doing what they were doing and they just hunted us down the midfield and packed so often. 
it was like two, three, four. You know, anywhere we had the ball out wide, there was, you know, at least a couple of men. They just didn't ease off. Um, so, yeah, keeping that one out was absolutely key for us. There was a key 30 seconds right at the end of that first half, though. Barnsley have a chance to score. Really a fantastic block there for Rinomoto. Now, he's going to get forgotten and everything that happened today. But if he doesn't make that block, then it rebounds out. It goes to Swift. He then plays possibly his one really impressive pass of the day. It wasn't his day. He will come good again. I said that on the Paris scale. I don't have any doubts on him. Plays in jail. Um, if you're a Barnsley fan, you're going to say that possibly wasn't a red. And I'd have sympathy for that as well. But as a Reading fan, it's a blatant red. He definitely should be leaving the pitch. And that's very biased. But you'd expect that, wouldn't you, Ben? Yeah, I think I agree. I, I, I tweeted, again, with the Twitter, uh, I tweeted it was a 50-50. I think it probably was. I think we'd probably be upset if that was more or, um, you know, any of our guys. Um, that said, I think you could probably make a case that there was a foul on Elise earlier when he was last man. You know, there was a defender covering. Maybe there's too much power on the pass. Another great pass by Swift, actually, when he was a little bit deeper, 25 minutes in. Um, a rare occasion, he, he was a little bit deeper in that first half. Uh, yeah, so maybe two incidents maybe on balance um if I can chuck one more in there I actually thought we were quite unlucky that Derby stayed on 11 men you know Sibley really hacked down Ovi um, yeah. quite badly at, at the end of that first half I think some yeah. frustration so three incidents one red card at that stage yeah maybe maybe we could argue probably two out of three at a push yeah no maybe I mean it's strange isn't it how we're getting these incidents and you look at the Barnsley they look at their attacking wise they were absolutely fine but defensively, we had three times when we got right behind them. So that is clearly an issue. They're putting so much emphasis and overloading in that area. And sometimes that's going to work out for them. And today it hasn't worked out for them. Unfortunately for them, great for us. But we then go into halftime and we're a little bit anxious, Neil, aren't we? We've seen this from Reading. We've been scarred by Yeovil, eight men. They still didn't win, did we? But yeah. were you feeling optimistic or did you feel the manager had to make a change at some point? Um, it it was definitely a case of how are we going to exploit this because we haven't got width and Barnsley you know as we saw were just piling so many bodies in chasing the ball in centre midfield that our midfield couldn't get a grip so how are we going to, to counter that um, obviously with them having 10 men there was going to be a bit more space and we did have a bit more pep about our, our game but still you wondered, well, you know, we're not going to get crosses in because we're not that kind of team, really, unless it's from dead ball situations. You kind of thought, is it going to take a bit of magic from Zhao on his own to do something? But we, we eat something out. And, you know, it's, it's Mate again, who you kind of think he scores goals from absolutely nothing through, you know, pure determination and being in the right place at the right time and it was more of a relief than anything else and, and I tweeted are we going to have a shot on in this game because nothing seemed to be coming no one seemed to have the initiative to, to break Barnsley down but I mean that's more of a collective thing than an individual thing um, so yeah it was a massive relief that we scored um, Barnsley didn't look like they were going to score to be fair it, it, we were getting more and more possession um, but yeah, it was more of a relief than thinking, yeah, 10 men, we're going to go on and do this now. I was definitely getting a little bit anxious. I'm not going to pretend yeah. <laughs> we're at Reading FC. 
definitely. I, I watch them and we all watch them and we just think, oh, don't make a mess of this. Even when we're 2-0 up towards the end of the game, I'm with nine men, I'm thinking, don't let one in here. Just no. don't let one in there. I didn't think that was bad, though, isn't it? You have these irrational thoughts. But Yaku Meiti comes on, um, completely the right decision. He scrambles in, not scrambles in, he gets a goal, he anticipates it. It's fine. That's brilliant. We're all relieved. We're thinking this is fantastic. Football's great. Life's great. 2020's been a good year, all of a sudden. We're top of the league. Mm. But then Elise just unleashes an absolute bullet and perfection, wasn't it, Ben? It's just that's what we want to see from Elise. Yeah, beautiful technique. Um, didn't think about it, just hit it. I I, I don't subscribe to the belief that uh, he has been bad in not scoring. You know, he's a young player taking a big step up. I'm delighted for him, you know, to be honest. And, and if this does open the floodgates, fantastic. Um, I think he's done great so far. You know, he got the assist last week in the, in the crucial breakthrough goal. Lovely, lovely corner set piece. I think they've, they've clearly worked on that. Um, that was quite clear. There were kind of four stages to it that were all key. Um, and his ball in was perfect. Uh, yeah, I thought he, w- he was really bright. And I'm, I'm happy that that goal has finally come. Um, but yeah, I certainly wasn't criticising him for not scoring yet at, at his tender age. Um, if he's I can add... If I can add another point about Mighty, I think, you know, I think it's very early. We're still trying to figure out this new manager. What I thought was interesting is, number one, how quick he was to change. 54 minutes, you know, that, that's or something like that. It's, you know, that's a really early sub. Um, Mighty does come on. He does what he does. No, nobody can, can point to too much of why he's effective, but he is. He gets in the right place. That's the skill set. And, yeah, exactly. and it works for him. It works for him. Um, I, I don't want it to be lost that Mighty came, came on. Um, as a result, we had two target men in the box. A ball got whipped in, mighty challenge for it. We won a corner. From that corner, it wasn't as nice as the, the routine I talked about against Derby. It was scrappy. But who pops up? The same guy, mighty. He does what he does. So, yeah, I, I think, number one, that's great that, that we're seeing an early change and a, a manager who's looking proactively to mix things up. Uh, the second thing I want, want to draw out from that change is, obviously, Laurent came off, um, which, which was interesting. He was in a yellow card. Maybe he wasn't quite as effective. Uh, but you might have expected Swift to drop into his role and play that deeper playmaking role that, that we typically saw last season. Um, but instead, it, it looked like Elise dropped a little bit deeper. Um, he was spraying the kind of passes from that deeper position that he was uh, dropping into against Derby. I noted that, that he sometimes Laurent kind of overtook him on the right and he dropped deep and spread the play from right to left. So um, it's interesting, it, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a hint. It's a little bit of a reaction function, but it looks like that ranking for centre midfielders goes after that first two. Next in there is Elise ahead of Swift. That was, no, I don't think many of us would have realistically expected with Swift's quality. And mm. I thought he, personally, last season, he was my uh, player of the season last season. John Swift, we all have our favourites and everything. No issue with Raphael. But I just think that it's lovely having that combination. You can have Ijaria. You can have Swift and Liz say all those things. And if we were to get maybe Raquel May in, who knows, maybe he could be another option in there. It predominantly, he seems to play on the wings. But you just if you can adapt and move and change shape throughout a game, which is something we haven't seen with previous managers, we've been very stubborn. I mean, under Bowen, it was either full-out attack or kamikaze defending, just waiting for something to happen. But the full-back game was just a brilliant one. I always talk about that one, but I should move on from it. <laughs> it's a kind of... I just enjoyed the way that we found a way through that game. There's so many times on the previous managers, and I think the point you make is really key there, Ben, an early substitution. We've been sat there in the day ski watching games and nothing's happened. We're just thinking, just do something here because this isn't working. We can all see that and we can just keep on going. But, you know, that system doesn't work very often, Neil. But 
How would you rate Panovic in the first two matches in the league? It's a bit hard to do the League Cup one, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's tricky because obviously we're, we're blinded by the fact that we're top of the league and we kind of think that he's, happy with he's, that. he's you know, <laughs> best manager we've ever had personified. But um, yeah, he's, he's clearly instilled views very quickly on the team. Um, we're playing a very similar system, which which helps in, in terms of formation at very least. The manner of it is different, obviously. We're, we're a little bit more controlled at the back, sometimes in the first half to our detriment, I thought, that we, we didn't try and go to a plan B quicker. Um, but then again, as Ben says, we did act quickly in the second half when that still was, wasn't enough. Um, the playing out of the back is... Again, a little bit frustrating. It kind of tiny little bit Stam-esque, but you know, it's it's got a tiny bit more space about it, a bit more urgency could be needed at times. Um, but I, I think I think his 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 views and his tactics, you can't deny that they're working right now. We haven't conceded a goal yet. Um, Zhao seems to be you know a little bit unhappy at his substitution today but managers have to make decisions at times that within they, they are going to upset players they are going to see you know you can't play every game you can't play every 90 minutes um so yeah he's he's he's, he's doing all right you can't say that he's doing anything wrong right now he's saying all the right things which you know a bit scripted but hey ho he doesn't he doesn't know the club yet he doesn't know us as he said himself. So I, I don't think we can really fault too much of what's going on. He's, he's, he's making all the right moves, I think. Yeah, what's your thoughts on him, Ben? Yeah, I think that's really fair. Um, obviously, it is too early um, to really make any conclusion. I think, I think Neil's drawn out some, some really good things that I'll agree with. Um, I'm potentially going to chuckle a couple more out there. Uh, I really like that he's happy to mix it up. You know, he, he said, when we need to go direct, we'll go direct. But ultimately, it's a passing style. Against Derby, we saw that. The long ball, Jao holds it down. Beautiful play. Ajaria, 2-0. Um, today, we tried to play it out. You know, the big thing I flagged. My big concern pre-game is we are uh, playing the best presser in the league, the best pressing team in the league. I think I feel pretty confident in that. Uh, with a manager who wants us to play out from the back and has had... Yeah. seven training sessions to instill that that's a disaster waiting to happen first 15 minutes two or three occasions yeah actually you know they got shots away from from uh, that that pressing tactics we changed it up um long balls you know goal kicks started going long Jao didn't win them i think the center backs did a great job of just bullying him you know before they had their moments of madness but but it was good to see that switch up in tactics um the last point i'd make i don't know how much of this we can attribute this to to the manager the team seemed really together you know when they're celebrating it's, it's 11 well 10 men with yeah. Raphael staying in net but they seem really together personally i wouldn't be surprised if this was the other way you know they saw bowen going out the, the players were upset and what did they do they grouped together you know they got together about it i don't know how much we can say it's the new manager getting them all on side or how much it's the players sticking together and saying hey we need to put ourselves through this together but however it got here long way it continue totally and a fine example is of what jonathan Lowe tweeted about liam moore when we're two nil up mm. saying yep. i'll cut out all the swearing i could do it but i'm not getting <laughs> it's the kind of just don't lose your concentration yep. don't get slack that is exactly what was worrying me. But you need that. And that's good to see that from him. I'm sure you, he does it in all games. We don't normally hear it because there's a crowd there. But it's just kind of finding positives from multiple players in our squad at the moment. And it's, I'm finding it scarily positive. And it's just kind of, you feel, where's it going to go on? And someone who I think is stepping up this season 
is definitely Omar Richards because I've always thought he's very good when we're attacking. Uh, defensively today, he was good against a high-press team. Uh, don't you think that's... Do you agree with me, Neil? Yeah, definitely. Um, when Omar first came into the side, he he played with fear, in my opinion. He would always look for the ball inside, back to Moore, uh, or whoever his nearest centre-half was. Uh, he... As you say, if he had space to go into, he'd go into it and he'd willingly pick up the ball and travel. But then he would be, you know, he would open up that area behind him. And now he seems to have matured massively in a, in a very short space of time. He was my man of the match today. Um, I thought he was intelligent when he had possession, when he was in positions where he uh, traditionally could have panicked. He held control of the ball, didn't look around for anyone else and just worked his way out of a position um, and, and just made easy clearances and, and sometimes difficult clearances. But, um, yeah, he was solid today. And now I don't look at him as a backup left back. He is our bona fide number three. Um, yeah, I've got no qualms with with him any anymore. I don't think he's he's still, you know, he's not finished article by any stretch, but he's come a hell of a long way. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely progressing, isn't he, Ben? He's shown yeah. real kind of signs of maturity. Yeah, I think so. I, th I think he had a fantastic game against Derby, uh, particularly in, in the offensive side. Uh, I think today in the first half, he was perfect, faultless defensively. Um, you know, we're seeing tackles, we're seeing blocks. Um, and he didn't get much opportunity to get forward. But I think that's where a lot of our threat is coming. You know, o Ovi is, is right-footed. He's going to step inside. That's That's the whole point. And he seems to be the man to overlap, want to get put crosses in the box. Uh, and whether it's Zhao or whether we've waited to get Mighty on as well and have two men in there, he is pulling the trigger on those crosses at the right time. So, um, yeah, all down on that left side, we look strong. Still worried about cover. You know, um, Bristow's young. He kind of came out of nowhere, did great in, in, in one cup game against lower league op opposition. Maybe not quite so good against slightly higher caliber uh, team in Luton. But, um, yeah, if, if, if we can keep Richards fit and he plays every minute, then fantastic yeah totally the, the fullback area is a particular concern for me when it comes to depth of squad and obviously now it looks like Yadam's out for using the manager's uh, terminology a considerable amount of time that doesn't sound good at all and he's also had injury history in the last year or so left back yeah we've only got Bristow and I'm I think it's pretty harsh to rely on him being so young I think ideally he'd go out alone we'd get someone in a little bit more experienced to come in as a backup kind of rotation system with Richards. Um, whatever areas in the kind of field that you think that we need to be strengthened, Neil, anywhere particularly that kind of like stands out to you and you think that's where we need someone? It is width in general for me. Um, I think the spine of the team is is fine. Um, you know, at central defence, we've still got McIntyre to come back in if needs be, if we want to go to a three. Um, beneath that is is Holmes as well. That's fine. You know, mid in midfield we got an embarrassment of riches, um, and Lauren looks a good addition there. Whether it's still strong enough defensively, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I think we can we can switch around things to work there adequately. It is the width for me that we're, we're very narrow at times, and we do rely, as as Ben said, on on Richards to do a lot of work down that left side. 
and that is a, an awful lot of an ask for a young player to keep that up for 46 games if he's not swapped out and if he doesn't have any injuries. Um, and again, creatively out wide, there's an awful a lot of work to be done, although that would dictate a change of shape from how we play at the moment because we can't have wingers and Zhao and Mate and Swift and, you know, etc. Otherwise, we'd have 13 players on the field and that would get flagged up. Um, so, yeah, it's width. But then again, if we do get Raquel May in, for instance, and he's primarily right-sided as far as I understand, then we would have to change our shape to accommodate that because our three that we play currently isn't two wide men and a striker. It's, you know, two two players that play off the striker. Although that, you know, your argument says that hasn't really worked. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how we use width if we do employ more width when we do get Raquel May in, if we do. Sorry, I've just got to do a bit of an internal advertising here and thanking to George Pitt for the frames that you've given us for our new periscopes. We really appreciate it, George. And I think it looks really good. Um, we're really happy. We appreciate your time. And I know you don't make these things really quickly. So it really thanks a lot. So, Ben, what do you think? Where do we need to be strengthened? It's kind of the same areas, I suspect, as um, uh, Neil, really. Yeah, I, I think um, I agree with everything Neil said. I, I feel a little bit more confident around our kind of shield, that defensive uh, unit. Um, I'm kind of ambivalent about the, the links to Pele. Uh, I think, you know, perhaps perhaps we'll be okay with what we've got at the moment. You know, I talked about Swift can drop deeper. Obviously, maybe Elise is, is slightly preferred, Elise is slightly preferred to drop deeper as a more creative option. Um, but yeah, I feel a little bit there. I think my biggest question is around what's our plan B? Um, we haven't had to see it yet. We haven't had to do it yet. We, the, the breaks have gone our way. We've gone 1-0 up and then we've raced ahead and made it 2-0. Um, I think it probably looks like a winger. So, yeah, I think someone like Raquel May would be helpful as a game-changer option off the bench. Um, my other one is uh, I, I quite like Puskas. Uh, I don't think he fits this system. You know, uh, I don't think we can draw too much from Luton, but he, he wasn't able to hold the ball up. He was isolated. Part of that was because that three behind him aren't quite the same calibre as the three behind Jao today. Um I think Puskas probably fits that plan B system with someone alongside him where he's looking to be played in as the last man and breakthrough. So very different styles there. Um, so yeah, I think someone who, I know we have a lot of strikers on the books, I accept that, but someone who can play that that lone man back to goal and bring in those three creative options. You know, we, we talked about um, we talked about Ajaria uh, breaking ahead of him, looking to make that run. I think that's something he's coaching on and he's kind of getting there. Um, I think Swift is the other one as well. You know, he was he was called offside while trying to break past the last man. Um, that's a great, you know, change in his game. This, this is a new thing. Is it one of his strengths? I'm not sure. But as far as I'm concerned, if our biggest complaint while we're winning 2-0 is are we getting as much out of John Swift as we were last season when we weren't winning 2-0? I'm pretty happy with that. I take that every single day because we all know that he can come back again as well. So thanks a lot for uh, listening to this week's podcast. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. We will be back on Friday with the Red and Cottonwood Matt Joy on our new preview pod. So check that out and you can listen to my uh, prediction for this score. And I actually got it right. Matt got it right as well, but kind of a 3-1 win. So thanks a lot for listening and we'll be back next week. Cheers. Mm-hmm.